You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. At the top of the hour this hour, protests for the Whiffenpoofs. Recently, in the Yale News, two of their staff reporters wrote a piece indicating that a record number of female and gender non-binary students auditioned for the Yale Whiffenpoofs in February. This, despite the group's long-standing policy of being male-only, a position the group reaffirmed in a vote back in November. The 15 auditionees represents the largest female turnout in over a century of the WIFs, and each took a different approach. Some used it as a protest, while others auditioned normally. Throughout, apparently, the WIFs remained cordial, although, as you can imagine, auditionee reactions varied. You can read the whole piece over at YaleDailyNews.com. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella, Acaville Radio's weekly talk show. Today, I am joined by the creator, the brainchild, the mastermind. I don't really know any other, you know, synonyms that work in this situation, but the leader of Acaville, our fearless leader, Aaron Director. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're a glutton for punishment, man. I appreciate you inviting me back. Thank you. Absolutely. These are always some of my favorite episodes. So, uh, I think what's been on a lot of people's mind lately in the acapella community is that uh, the ICCAs are happening, and there's a lot of buzz going around about, oh, this person or this group beat this group, this person beat this uh, thing, you know, back and forth, all yep. this stuff, the brackets, uh, which we all uh, have on the site and everything. So there's a lot of, there's a there's an air of competition right now, and that got me thinking, like, what are all the competitions, all the festivals, what are the things that acapella groups, like, do in a sense of not just mm-hmm. that, that are professional sanctioned events where you know you make yourself feel good by beating other groups and (laughs) uh you know there's obviously we cover a bunch of festivals here at Acaville and obviously the ICCAs and I just wanted to ask you know the um our fearless leader Aaron and with all his infinite knowledge of just kind of what what these all what these all kind of mean and what um which maybe might be the best maybe not the best but just like what they all represent and what they could all mean to certain groups you know, I think it's an interesting topic because, and, and an interrelated one when we talk about competitions yeah. and festivals. I, I think, uh, you know, we talk about, you mentioned ICCA, of course, uh, Varsity Vocals also has the ICHSA that's mm-hmm. going on right now too. Uh, and then there are the Harmony Sweeps, which uh, mm-hmm. has been going on for 35 or more years now. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, and it's for, that's the the competition. It's also, it's nationwide and it's for groups of any level. So it includes, yeah. uh, you know, high school groups all the way up to pro groups and semi-pro groups. And uh, they have their national finals about a month after the ICCA and mm-hmm. ICHSA finals. And uh, and then, of course, there's the ICCA Open. Yeah, uh, that's, or the, that's new, the, right? Yeah, which is new this year, which I think is it's varsity vocals, I think, sort of trying to compete in some ways with the sweeps uh, yeah. because it's open to all levels. And uh, I'll be interested to see kind of how that how that plays itself out. But, you know, festivals also include often competitions. So mm-hmm. and that's an interesting kind of feature because it means that groups that may not be able to sort of be successful and go all the way and win an ICCA mm-hmm. can have you know, a feather in their cap for 
winning uh winning so jam or winning uh the kettering festival or winning some other the band uh, acapella you know boss yeah exactly exactly and so uh, i think it's an interesting topic to spend time on because both it's evolved a lot in the last five to ten years and because they're so interwoven with each other yeah and something for me that i always kind of think of when i think of acapella competitions again and aaron you and i have talked about this uh, privately before about how acapella was kind of the idea of it was kind of sold to the masses a lot and just singing in general in the early 2000s on the idea of competition and what always Mm -hmm. kind of um i always think about is why aren't these things televised and i and i think about that a lot in terms of in just um again just kind of broad strokes here like i with acapella as a growing art form like i want to think of like how can we get as many people watching and tuning in because I, you know, I don't, I'd love to watch the ICCAs. Um, I've been to one quarterfinal. I'm hoping to go to, you know, a semi or something sometime soon dreams to go see, you know, the finals, but traveling around, that's, that's a lot of money. So I wonder, (laughs) like, I'm curious if, if you know, this deep, dark secret as to maybe why these things aren't televised. Cause I just see that this is almost just like a guilty pleasure question for me is like, is it, don't we want to get more and more people involved? So why don't we why don't we show everyone and emulate the the success the success of the sing off? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, so the the ICC and ICHSA are, are sort of interesting anomalies in this sense, right? Mm-hmm. The, for a couple of reasons. One is they were started. The ICCA uh, got started, of course, well before the ICHSA, and it yeah. got started actually as the NCCA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the reasons why Deke wanted to name it that when he he was involved in the founding was to make it comparable to the NCAA, to have it be uh, feel very like, you know, collegiate sports. It's another mm-hmm. collegiate sport. It's a cappella. Get involved, get on the train, check it yeah. out kind of thing. Well, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And but I think uh, and there has been in the last few years, you know, this idea of doing some televising with, for example, Sing It On mm-hmm. uh, that followed, you know, half a dozen or so groups through the ICCA process. But. Your point is well taken. That's a far cry from simply showing the competition itself. I mean, that's not what that show is about. And yeah. I think that the the reasons for that are twofold. One is uh, Varsity Vocals, of course, is a for profit company. Yeah. So they uh, and no no dig at them for that. That's just sort of how they are structured. I and want money. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so no no problem. That's fine. Uh, and so I think they were probably would be interested in doing some sort of televising if they could figure out a way to, you know, monetize it and get like revenue for it or like a almost like a boxing fight kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Uh, and I that's so that's that's one part of it. One part of it is I don't know that they've uh, focused a lot of energies on distribution, so they haven't had necessarily access to some of the the mechanisms that would let them do it. And then the third part of that is uh, licensing. Yeah. Music oh, licensing yeah. Oh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is a huge pain. And, you know, when we do live streaming of concerts and festivals and competitions and things like that, which we do pretty regularly on the air, licensing is always the hardest part. Uh, okay, you know, yeah. we, we pay a lot of money to do that and we're a nonprofit. And so, you know, we exist through donations and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it, that piece of it is is a big challenge. And I think if, if we didn't have volunteers that had a legal background, for example, that would be a lot harder to do. So, uh, you know, the short answer is I think the right offer probably hasn't come along for varsity vocals to do that. But the longer answer is it's also just a huge pain. Yep. Um, Okay. That makes sense. Especially think, I mean, you know, just us DJs and stuff, we have to be careful about how the, how we program music to avoid licensing rules. So that, 
Okay. So, I think that I think that quells my unquenchable <laughs> kind of like why isn't this on TV? Um, now I would now in the interest of of uh, disclosure here. Also, I would just say <laughs> if any of the Varsity Vocals folks would like Acaville to stream any oh. of the you know competitions live, we have experience in doing that and doing the the logistics around it. We would be delighted. I have accidentally done like Facebook Live twice, so I'm clearly am very qualified <laughs> for this kind of thing. Uh, that'd be really bad. That would be that would be really awesome. And I guess I just think you know I'm thinking a little more big picture here as Aca, acapella continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I really hope in the next five or ten years that's going to be something, and I feel like that could be another big step towards making it even bigger, which would be super cool for people who are involved in it and just getting more people involved. Um, and I agree. It also solves. So when we do it on the radio, we will during the group changes and that sort of thing, uh, we'll do a little voiceover, you know, yeah. to try to explain kind of what's going on and that sort of thing. Because on the radio, it's difficult because you can't obviously see what's going on. Yeah. So it just seems like dead air yeah. by televising it. You would solve that problem because mm-hmm. you could see everything that's going on. Yeah, exactly. So that was just kind of one question. I knew I had to get out of the way and wanted to get it on air so i can know exactly why so um aaron if you just had to like name uh, as we've already said the iccas um and the ichsa what are like would you say the biggest acapella festivals in the united states well that's rough so yeah, i know i mean <laughs> the i think it depends so i guess i would step back and think about the taxonomy a little bit um mm-hmm. because i think particularly these days with so many festivals in the United States in particular, it's useful to kind of categorize them. And maybe that's just how my brain thinks is kind of in buckets. So I think of them that way. There are, you can divide them up by uh, scope. So there are the kind of three day national international comp- uh, festivals. Um, those often are ones that are done by CASA, for example, like boss and laugh and so jam, but it also includes some of the larger ones like the, uh, you know, the Kettering Festival or, um, you know, some of like NAC, the the National Acapella uh, mm-hmm. Convention, essentially. Um, you also there are also then the sort of the smaller ones like the one day festivals or the two day mm-hmm. festivals that are really designed to be state or regional based, regionally yeah. based. And then I think it's really important to include the ones that are festivals and or competitions by genre so you know there's like anahat which is for south asian fusion groups and they have a whole bunch of them there's things like kohalam which is for jewish acapella groups and very specific there are a ton of barbershop uh based both festivals and competitions that happen and they have a a similar kind of a local regional national competition cycle Mm -hmm. so it's a big universe, and I think it, it's useful when thinking about it to kind of divide it and divvy it in this way, both by style and size. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. So, what what is the is are the ICCAs just the biggest? Then is that would that be correct? So I draw a distinction, I guess, between the things that are purely competitions, like ICCA, ICHSA, mm-hmm. the sweeps, uh, and some of the the other competitions that we're talking about, and festivals, which. Yeah have these days tend to follow sort of a similar format. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. and th- this may not be where you want to take the conversation, but it's oh, really interesting care. to me, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> festivals in the United States particularly have tended to lock into a pretty consistent style. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is you know, that style? See, well, there's usually, if it's a multi-day event, uh, there's like a Friday night concert uh, or competition. And that's mm-hmm. usually, if there is a competition, that's usually when it happens. Okay. Uh, 
Saturday, then there will be workshops and masterclasses. Um, the distinguishing feature there, workshops, everyone is there participating together. Masterclasses where if you have your whole group there, the group works with one of the headlining groups or one of the kind of experts yeah. that's there on a one-on-many basis. Uh, and then in the evening on Saturday, it's usually when a, a pro group or there'll be a showcase of groups yeah. that will happen. Um, and then sometimes there's something on Sunday, sometimes not, and then it wraps up. Um, and I don't know that that's the best way to do it, Yeah. but that's the way that it has been done now. In I mean, festivals, it seems, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and so it becomes – to me anyway, it becomes interesting about what happens when festivals deviate from this because, because that's sort of the norm. Then it's the question about what do people do differently? For example, um, Cami, uh, has a, so there's an, an, sort of an association in Washington state, mostly Washington state that is mostly collegiate groups that are from around the state and they have a conference or a festival where one of the things they do is they do a little kind of an ad hoc, uh, sort of, arranging and performance competition. So they'll take all the members of all the groups and then divvy them up so that you're not with members of your own group. And so there are a whole different newly formed groups who then have a song and a half an hour to arrange and get that song ready for performance. And then they all perform it. And And that's NWAC, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, The Northwest Acapella Festival. Mm -hmm. That's see, that's the part that, because I, I interviewed uh, Amanda Tran about that, obviously one of the founding members of Cami. Um, when I heard that, I was I was very uh, taken aback in a good way, and that I'd never been talking about festivals, line you know, kind of getting into certain um, modes and not venturing out of them. That was a thing that I had never heard of before. But considering how identity focused a lot of groups can be, in the idea of, I mean that 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 makes no sense to me in the best way <laughs> it's it's pretty and it's it's a blast I, you know i've been to see it and watched the the evaluation after it and uh-huh. uh sort of walked around as the groups were learning their stuff and uh it was it, they were having a blast they were making connections you know one of the reasons mm-hmm. why people go to festivals often is to have deeper connections with other groups and that's a way to do it, man. I mean, you know, it's you're intermixing and working really carefully with people you wouldn't spend a lot of time with otherwise. Yeah. I mean, just the group dynamics, not just, you know, because you're with different people, but I feel like those are the group dynamics are so warped just because you're with like strangers who you would expect to be competing against almost. And there's this kind of, I feel like there'd be, I'd definitely be apprehensive, but, but still enjoying it. That's, man, I really want to go to this now. I'm going to tell my group up in you, Washington to do you that. You should totally check it out. It's, uh, it, you know, the, the other thing too about NWAC is, uh, and, and this is true of pretty much almost every festival I think that, that we go to, um, it's a really warm vibe. So, That's good. Y- you know, people really engage with each other r- right away. I, I think th- it's nice because you're often with members of your group. So they're kind of there or around yeah. kind of in the, in the background as a support mm-hmm. system, but, and that helps you feel more comfortable kind of walking in, but then you're surrounded by all these people who love the same thing you do. They do yeah. the same thing you do. And so you sort of have this connection right away. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's, I think a fun part of, of the festivals in general. Yeah. And that's, I, I like this idea of, um, not just a warm environment, but like it not being so like completely cutthroat in that it's kind of you know, I, I, I've always wanted to go to some festivals and make connections and I've had people approach me at concerts and I've approached other people, but it, I don't think I've ever been to like a full on, I've never competed in a, a, the ICCAs. I've never been in like a full on competition 
where mm-hmm. you have this awkward like, oh, I want to make connections, but I really want to beat these people and I want to make sure we're better than them. <laughs> so that's that's nice that the festivals, there's there's kind of a genetic diversity in a sense. Right. That's, that's right. That gives people all these different opportunities to experience acapella in different ways in a communal environment. And I think that the kind of the scramble intermix go process that NWAC does at their con- conference or their festival is uh, is if not unique, then certainly among very few group, uh, you yeah. know, festivals that do that. But uh, it's the same kind of warmth that you find at other festivals too. Um, you know, other groups, other festivals will do like collaborative tracks, for example, mm. where oh, yeah, yeah. you know every group. Uh, works with uh, a clinician and or a recording engineer and they lay down uh, uh, tracks or part of a song and they all do the same song and they do it together. And then at the end of the time, all of the groups then are together on one track singing together along with the professional headliners and everything for the group. And then uh, that gets released. And so then suddenly, even if you're not a group who records normally, now you have you're, you're included featured. on a professional track. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's really nice. So those sound like more. Um, what what is like? So we kind of get a sense of the normal festival, and then kind of, are there any other kind of outlying festivals similar to NWAC that are doing things uh, differently that are breaking out of this the standard festival model? Because now now I'm just really curious. So what else is out there and other opportunities? Yeah, fewer than you would think. Uh, okay. I mean, some do. Uh, some will add aka bombs as a part of their the the that conference or festival. Terrifying. Which <laughs> exactly? <laughs> Look out below. Uh, <laughs> no, it's essentially these are kind of impromptu pop up performances that will happen, like in the lobby of wherever oh, they're going to okay. be, or out in the community, or so. At the Bend Acapella Festival, for example, mm-hmm. they had aka bombs set up at a kind of a very walkable kind of a retail area that was nearby where there were a lot of shoppers on the weekends and everything. And then groups would just sort of pop up and sing a set and, uh, you know, everyone would stop and watch and appreciate it and enjoy. And then it would disappear as quickly as it started, for example. Okay. Uh, and that, so that's something that the other festivals are do a bit of as well, but really there are fairly few these days that break from the mold. And I, at Acaville, we have talked off and on at various points, uh, particularly early on in our history when there weren't quite as many festivals mm-hmm. as there are now, uh, about doing a festival of some yeah. sort. The, but I wouldn't want to do it unless we could figure out a, a different way to do it. Yeah. Not because the existing models are bad, but because everybody does them. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I, was, I was almost wondering, like, why – um, why that idea hadn't been kicked around me because I guess it already had, but, um, <laughs> no, that makes sense. Cause I guess it's, it's kind of hard to have something as enticing as competition in a sense, or like beating other groups as a draw. Like, I think it's kind of hard to market like group bonding and community and love and friendship as it is like, you get to beat other people at what you're right. doing. <laughs> like as, as cynical as that sounds. So, um, and what I what I think about a lot when it comes to festivals is how they can be, um, you know, again, on the episode where I had Amanda Tran on, we talked a lot about not just about Cami and NWAC, but about her efforts to kind of uh, vitalize re- or not even revitalize, just vitalize. If that's a <laughs> word, uh, the acapella community of Seattle and try and get that going. And, you know, Aaron, you and I have talked before about how Portland is surprisingly like for as artisanal and music focused and kind of hip. Uh, town as Portland is that there isn't more acapella I've always wondered well is there like some kind of great Portland festival and what uh, and when I think you uh, obviously I don't know anything about starting these festivals but I imagine you have to kind of tread the line between 
one doing, you know, whether it's established or, you know, new stuff, whether you're in the existing model you mentioned or not. And then also playing to the um, the environment, the like, what what do the citizens of the city want to see and what is but what is also not just what the immediate environment you're holding it in what they want to see but also like how do you draw people from around the region who might not be exactly part of the portland you know downtown portland community so these are i imagine just kind of thinking this through in my head like that's those are not easy to to make i'd imagine it's true, and it's been interesting to watch the Bend Acapella Festival because yeah. they're, they just wrapped yeah. up their second year, and we were involved with them sort of from the ground floor and, and helping to support the, mm-hmm. the first year of the festival last year and then this year as well. And Bend is an interesting case for people who don't kind of know about where it is or anything. It's not near anything else. Nope. So. Uh, it's in central Oregon. It's in the mountains. It's beautiful uh, year round. Uh, they have great skiing and such in the winter and they have great hiking and, and mountain biking and stuff in the summer. Uh, but it's like five hour drive from Portland, at least. Like something well, like that. I mean, if you're if you're grandma, it's a five hour oh, wait, drive. No, 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 that's like... Ashland. Sorry. Bend is like three. Three or yeah, four. yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's it's a it's They're a it's a few far hours away. away. I don't I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if you're you could fly in or you could f- drive in. But as you point out, it's a three hour drive, certainly at least from anywhere that you would be. So yeah, your point is well taken. That if you are trying to put a festival on, the logistics alone are astounding and then you have to be able to pay for it, right? I mean, you yeah. have to so you have to be able to get because if you're bringing in a professional groups. You have to pay for them, so then, and you have to pay for space, or yeah. you know, there's sort of a lot of those kinds of expenses, which means you need revenue from groups and or sponsors who will help make it happen, and yeah. that means you got to draw them in. So, uh, Bend has been an interesting case. They've been, I think, pretty effective at drawing from both their local community, but also from sort of up and down the the valley, from Seattle yeah, area. To Eugene. Yeah, you yeah, I was just gonna say congrats to you, oh mind the gap for winning. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and they brought uh you know, they brought Restless Vocal Band down mm-hmm. from sale uh, from Seattle and they had uh some pretty great I mean, this last year this last year they had a couple members of the Bobs and they had Naturally Seven and next year they have the House Jacks Antique Sharon both there. Wow. Uh so you know, uh, A, those things ain't cheap, but B, it's gonna be a good festival. I mean yeah. it's a you know they're focusing on quality, and I think that will bring in quantity. Generally. I almost, yeah, I almost wonder with a place as far out as Bend, and having been there myself, you know, great area, nature. That's that's yeah. all great, um, but I'd imagine there's kind of maybe a slight uh, unintentional benefit of there's. I don't think there's a ton of pop cultural events to compete with in a sense, as much as you might find maybe at like Portland or Seattle. Uh, I could see myself going to Seattle and okay, yeah, I want to go see maybe there's a Seattle acapella festival, maybe it's NWAC, but I also want to do other things while I'm in Seattle just because it's a very vibrant city, very culturally awesome. That's a term. But so I guess I just wonder, I'm not saying this definitively, but I wonder if like, who knows, five years, Ben's going to be known as a big acapella destination because I don't know if there's as much uh, competition from other currently popular cultural events, pop cultural events. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll be interested to see. I mean, I, Ben has, you know, Ben's initial draw is certainly the outdoors and all the outdoor recreational activities, yeah. uh, and and they have great, you know, food and and beers and all kinds of local yeah. stuff there too. But I think you're right in that if they continue to grow the festival, um, I think it will be more and more of a destination, yeah. uh, which is great. I. I one of the dangers of having so many festivals these days is that 
at some point the market will get saturated yeah. and it may already be. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are lots of high schools, for example, that put on a one day festival for mm -hmm. high school groups in their area. Yeah. Uh, and and that's great. And I would never say that that's not a good idea because it helps grow the genre and gets yeah. more people together and involved and collaborating. And that's what we all want to have happen. Yep. You know, at some point, there will be so many of them then, though, that there there are only so many festivals that a group can go to over a year, for example. And so there will be a natural limit. And yeah. I hope we haven't reached it, but I feel like we're teetering in that area if we yeah. haven't already. We're getting close. So that's, you know. We'll, I, we'll see where it goes. You know, I don't know if anyone can predict this super accurately, but I guess I'm just excited for um, what else is going to happen in the greater acapella world that might either create more festivals or create a greater need for festivals, or maybe the mm -hmm. infrastructure is going to change some way. I don't know, but I hope that it's not just a, okay, we hit mar market saturation and then it's just stays the same or goes down. So I'm for as much as the new uh, acapella world is growing, I'm, I'm hoping to see, mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what happens with the festivals and the competitions and so on and so forth, which could get bigger if they filmed them. Just going <laughs> to end on that. <laughs> well, and uh, with the festivals, we do broadcast a lot of yes. the Friday night competitions and concerts. So, uh, you know, stay tuned to our calendar because throughout the season, almost not every Friday, but I would say at least two Fridays a month, yeah. we're usually doing a live stream of a competition or festival concert on Friday nights. So yeah. we, we try. Yeah. Boom. We're the next best thing out there to live video until I start doing it illegally on Facebook Live. So <laughs> boom, Perfect. I can't think of a better way to uh, end the first segment of this episode than in incriminating myself in a future crime. So uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to it's which festival are we doing? Uh, we could do Boss, the Boss 2012 uh, collaborative track. Yeah. Is there any? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take a listen to a collaborative track from uh, Boss 2012 that features a ton of groups from that fantastic competition, get together, all that fun stuff. So this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, about groups coming together, laying down the same track, putting it all together, having fun. So let's take a listen to that. You've been listening to Tacapella on Acaville Radio. I'm John Lampus with guest Aaron Director, and we're going to be right back. Make them want to leave the one I'm with Start a new relationship with you This is what you do Think about me and all the things that come along with You make me You make me want to leave the one I'm with Start a new relationship with you This is what you do Think about me and all the things that come along with You make me You make me want to Anything began between us You were like my best friend The one I used to run and talk to And me and my girl without problems Yeah, you used to say it only okay So just a little nice things I should do But when I come home at night I lay my head down All I ever think about is you You make me wanna be the one I'm with A new relationship what you do, think about her and all the things that come along with you make me, baby, you make me wanna be the one I'm with, a new relationship with you, what you do, think about her and all the 
the things that come along with you making me a big baby. You make me want to Cause you're the one that hooked this up. Thought it could have been you. What's sad is that I loved her, but I'm falling for you. What should I do? Tell my baby bye bye, or should I do exactly what I feel inside? Cause I don't wanna go, don't need to stay, but I really need to get it together. Oh, oh baby, say what you do. Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where every instrument is portable. We're back with Tacapella. I am Aaron Director, and I am joined by your host and mine. It's John Lampus. We're talking festivals and competitions, and here we go. Boom. So basically, we just spent a lot of time talking about festivals and the different forms they can serve the different um the different manifestations and the different uses we hope they will serve in the coming years and what could happen and i just want to spend a little time if for myself if nothing else just knowing like what are all the competitions out there if i am i have a group here um the mountain horns we're getting going gonna uh send in a tape for the iccas in uh, october and uh but i'm wondering like what else can we do i think a lot of uh groups they you know they throw well Obviously, not all the criteria is the same for different competitions. You know, right. if if you have a camera, if you have certain things learned, like to be honed perfectly for this kind of like a submission, you want to get some mileage out of that. So I'm just wondering, like, Aaron, if for I'm sure. I'm going around with my group, we're in Colorado. What can we apply to national, and uh, how can we get some? How can how can we get people to think we're really cool by doing competitions? <laughs> so there's a ton of ways to do it, I think, and it, and sort of like festivals, there are more and more options now than ever. Yeah, uh, and we can sort of start at the the bigs and work our way down in terms Let's of do scope. It. So 
at the the highest level, the things that are probably most widely recognized are the uh, the ICCA, ICHSA, ICA Open, and sweeps. So mm-hmm. kind of the probably the big four, and they tend to, as we talked about in the first segment, appeal to different types yeah. of level. Um, and three of those four are put on by varsity vocals. Yep. Uh, they involve generally a, as you alluded to earlier, sort of a video audition of your group. Uh, doing a a tune or a set, depending on the nature of the competition. Keep in mind that you don't necessarily need to do any of those songs in actual competition. Uh, It's just sort of the threshold of, are you, you know, presentable enough to be able to do your thing on stage? And then once you get on, then the ICCA and ICHSA and sweeps have a multi-tier process. So you are... Uh, you know, involved in a regional of some sort. Uh, and then in, some, in the ICCA and ICHSA processes, generally there's a quarter, a mm. uh, quarterfinal, and then a semifinal in the the finals. Uh, the sweeps just have two levels, regional and then finals. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, but it's basically the same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, the the ICA Open is, is brand spanking new this year, and it's uh, really kind of the video process and then the finals. Uh, there's yeah. sort of nothing in between. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see kind of how that plays itself out, but uh, that's probably the, the kind of the, the, the most visible level at the top. Uh, mm-hmm. I hesitate to put it in hierarchical order cause it's not better or worse. It's just, no. but what, what are people yeah. paying attention to? What is at least right now the most popular? So for the open, that is just, uh, to make sure I understand it. It's, uh, you don't have to be associated with a, a university or a school. Is that correct for the open? Correct. And you correct. just do it- the submission and then if they think you're really good you just go right to the competition yep exactly you don't uh, you know you need to be in a group it has to be a group of some sort (laughs) it can't just be you know the song stylings of Aaron director uh (laughs) and the which by the way would win no awards of any kind but (laughs) uh but uh it's like the harmony sweeps the criteria really is it's a group you do it acapella and you make it sort of over the threshold of being accepted into the competition. Yeah. Uh, because the sweeps have been around so long and because they have a multi-tier system in process already, you're probably going to have a greater likelihood of getting accepted and going through the process with the sweeps mm-hmm. than the open just because right now the open is – I mean they're going to constrain it to what they could put on the stage in one event, mm-hmm. which means they're only going to allow you know eight to ten groups. So I would the think, whole totally. country just like exactly. – and I, I kind of I like that. I was really confused by it at first, but it's just kind of – I think with you know no – uh, tier system no competition system is perfect people are going to miss deadlines people are going to not read the things correctly i know i have uh right. and it's it's kind of nice to just like hey if you're really really good we'll just throw you in but like it, you but you got to be really 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 good to just skip all that so i that to me i like in that it it gives it just kind of complicates but uh it gives some more nuance to the whole uh the whole icca process so i'm excited to see how that works out I am too. One of the things I love about the sweeps is the variety of groups that appear. So Mm -hmm. we, you know, over the course of the the season, essentially, Mm -hmm. from roughly October or November until May, uh, Akiville goes to 18 to 20 uh, of these events and uh, does recording and other things from from those events. And the sweeps, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Live streaming of parts of it and all that kind of stuff. The the sweeps are markedly different than any of the other things we go to because 
probably half or more of the competitive groups are post-collegiate. So Mm -hmm. they're groups of, you know, working adults that do this as a a bit of their lives, but Mm -hmm. it isn't their whole lives. And they have a different perspective on it, I think, than college school students do. Yeah. Uh, And then you still have collegiate groups and you have high school groups and you have barbershop groups, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, alongside, you know, post-collegiate, you know, hip hop groups alongside all sorts of different variety. Yeah. And you don't get that vibe at any of the other competition events. I I remember, um, you know, you were there too. When I went to my first real uh, ICCA quarterfinal last year in uh, March, seeing the, uh, or was that February, seeing the um, Northwest quarterfinal, um, one of them. And I, I loved it. Obviously it was fantastic to see all that, but there's definitely, um, they they all felt kind of cut, not from the same cloth, but they're all do they're trying to do the same thing. They're kids coming, uh, you know, not kids, but teenagers, young adults uh, coming from the same place. This is not like, you know, these kids are not necessarily working every day. These are people who have very, certain responsibilities and are coming from a certain culture that is specific to a certain part of their lives. So, um, which is great, and that's and I think that can be really nice when you're just trying to you kind of judge everyone based on the same criteria at that point, especially in the lower kind of rungs um but it is i think it is really cool once you getting kind of um up there and just having different ways to showcase different groups that while not in the same like kind of uh place in their life at that point Mm -hmm. like and uh it's it's cool to have representation for those i know i'm really excited about this because i'm gonna um end of 2018 i'm i'm finished with school so i'm kind of like I, there's part of me that's like, well, am I never going to get this chance to do these kind of competitions? And I think uh, there's a lot of people who have been there kind of for um, a big part of the acapella boom. There is definitely a, I think there's a fear among them of like, well, so do we just age out and then can we not take part in the biggest acapella competition anymore in a sense? Right. And I think, I think that's exactly right. And I also feel like the whole point, at least one of the whole points of this, at least for me, I, I will speak only for myself, is about encouraging and developing acapella as a lifelong pursuit. Yeah. So we want to see elementary and middle school students do it, and we want to see, you know, senior citizen retirement center acapella yeah. groups. I mean, I, you know, everything in between. And you're much more likely to see that variety at something like a sweeps or hopefully also the, the open that varsity vocals is putting together, mm-hmm. uh, than at any of the other kinds of competition events. And that's yeah. not to denigrate those other no. events. They're just different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. We got the, we got the three IC. Yeah. The, the three, I, cause ICC open, ICHSA, ICCA. Um, we got those three and then sweeps. What is, what would you say are the next, what's the next uh, level down? So then the the other sort of variety of competitions, if we're speaking specifically about competition only events, so yeah. not like, you know, So Jam has a competition and Boss has a competition and, you know, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Um, then you're looking at some of the single genre competitions. So uh, I talked about Anahat, for example, mm-hmm. which is um, – How do you spell South- that? It's A-N-A-H-A-T. It's okay. a South Asian acapella competition that takes place at the UC Berkeley campus, mm-hmm. on the UC Berkeley campus. It's actually one of probably three or four pretty big, high-profile, uh, U.S.-based South Asian fusion competitions. Uh, and there are a wow. few others as well in other parts of the country. There's one in Texas, and there's one uh, sort of the upper Midwest, and I think there's one on the East Coast as well. And um, 
they are they don't have feeder systems in the same yeah. sense, but they do have the same process of getting accepted and then going. And then it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, if you yeah. win one of those um, it's, it, it earns the group quite a lot of recognition and yeah. um Lam is something sort of similar. It's sort of the national collegiate Jewish acapella uh, championship. Um, that one actually is, I believe, just was just held uh, just this last Saturday, oh. uh, and it takes place uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. It's been going for just under a decade now, I guess, mm-hmm. and it gets bigger and bigger every year, and it brings Jewish acapella groups from colleges all around the country together. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think in the context of what you were talking about around your group and being in Colorado and kind of figuring out where to go, if you had a specific niche kind of a sound – then uh, that would be another avenue. It would be look at yeah. you know what are other groups of your style doing around competitions because there are there are some of those out there. That's good to know, and I think um, you know obviously this ties into the idea of uh, a lot of groups feeling like they need to be legitimized through competition, uh, which mm-hmm. I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I think it is very easy for groups to just. Uh, be content and it's totally fine if they want to just being a part of campus culture and just being an outlet a musical outlet, a different kind of musical outlet than choir for those people uh but for others and especially what i want to do with my group um not necessarily the case with my old group um i want to i want to just get out into that larger world essentially because i think Mm -hmm. you just learn so much and you kind of feel um you know, besides just getting the, the the kind of stardom kind of uh, dream and kind of the, the kind of high that comes from that of performing, I just think there's something you all groups kind of learn about themselves when they put themselves in those uh, kind of competitions, whether to be criticized or to win it all or to just kind of just to have that experience. I think you can't help but grow not just closer together, but just um, one as an ensemble, but also as like almost in a sense, uh, kind of a brand in the idea mm-hmm. of like we the, we are the nor'easters you know like that is there is uh weight behind that name there is weight now behind uh, a group that just won or just got second in uh one of the icc quarterfinals for my uh undergrad uh underground sound there is uh, some more punch behind that name now because they mm-hmm. won some awards and they got second place and now maybe that's going to contribute to better op- performing opportunities in their in um their hometown of tacoma i don't know but I think there's a lot of – I think you, there's just so many benefits when you go out and try and do these competitions. And there's very little downside, I think, because I don't think any of these set anyone up to fail. Yeah. No. I, I, the other piece too, you know, on Competition Countdown, we interview groups that are in the ICCA and ICHSA process. And, and over the course of the season, we talk to maybe 80 or 90 groups. And one of the things that I ask them, and I know Rachel, my co-host, does often as well, is – why do this? You know, what do you yeah. want to get out of the competition process? And one of the we get a variety of answers, as you might expect. But one of the things that we hear also pretty regularly is it's an external check. It gives you external feedback from a trusted source that you can get sort of at periodic times. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. that groups don't often get a chance to get. I mean, you, you may get feedback from other groups on campus or you may get feedback from people in your local community. But not necessarily unless you are 
a group that has alumni who have, you know, gone on to other professional yeah. acapella kinds of things, you don't necessarily get that on a regular basis yeah. from high level sources and competitions because it's such a score, right? You get judges feedback and you get a lot mm -hmm. more sort of detailed response. It gives you sort of directed things to work on yeah. in the, in the next year, which is nice. Yeah. And I think it's also something that, uh, you know, just, tiny bit of story time here for a second. I remember sophomore year, I went to like my first of uh, sophomore year of undergrad. I went to my first real, um, uh, acapella performance, which was the stay. This is before my group. I had started my group at my undergrad and we saw the three groups perform and, uh, where, which was a tenor based group, garden level, a, the mixed group underground sound, which was just mentioned and the, um, soprano alto group, what she said. And, uh, everyone had really loved what she said in garden level. They were the very big popular campus groups and, uh, underground sound, but they did, underground sound did great and i remember taking one of my good friends who didn't really know acapella but he just knows he's got great musical ears and he was like well it was really interesting seeing all the performances and the audience reaction but uh, underground sound was and this was you know this was four years ago he said underground sound was probably the you know most in tune strongest group but their the reaction by the audience wasn't necessarily the same and i think it's really nice you know just kind of speaking now underground sound just got a lot of validation this past weekend by winning it's kind of nice when you have like and like you said, kind of an official acapella authority kind of give you a stamp of quality that I think can help almost attune uh, campus audiences to let them know, hey, this is good acapella, just so you mm -hmm. know, because I think it's really easy to get sucked into, um, which I've been before and I've seen my friends be and, you know, whether you where you depend, no, no matter where you are, just kind of being sucked into, well, this is the popular campus group. So they just they're the popular ones and these are the less popular ones. Right. And there is, I think. When pe because acapella is not as widespread an art as like, I don't know, basketball or something like that. It's sometimes harder for people who aren't in acapella, who aren't doing it nonstop to understand what a high quality acapella group sounds like. So when mm -hmm. someone kind of gives a stamp of quality to these groups that are really achieving, I think it's really nice. I think it's better for the whole community because you're helping the kind of the less educated people who are just starting to listen to acapella. You're showing them what like you're helping them develop a sense of taste, I think. Well, I think that's true. I, I think, you know, I think of kind of a, a, a rectangle of activities that a group can choose to spend time on, right? There's sort of local gigs, there's touring, there's recording, and there's competing. Mm -hmm. And each of those four things can add that level of credibility to a group depending mm -hmm. on how a group chooses to spend its time amongst those things. And, and certainly other there are other possibilities too, but those are kind of the big four. Yeah. And I think you're right in that competition can certainly – help do that along with sharpening those skills. The, we also talked to lots of groups, not necessarily in Competition Countdown, because it mm -hmm. doesn't make sense there, but in other shows, talked to groups for whom competition is not a thing at all, and they don't have any interest in doing it, That's and true. they choose to spend time on the other three things, and mm -hmm. have been able to very nicely you know, get just as high regard uh, from other you know, corners through mm -hmm. putting out amazing recordings or through doing yep. international touring or through, you know, being everywhere in their local community and performing all over the yeah. place. And so there are other ways to do it, but I think you're right in that competition can also, in addition to being a sharpener can also be a validator. Yeah. Especially just, I think more and more of like external kind of thing. There's no like community bias or there's no, you know, fanboying um, hero worship or anything that can sometimes come along with maybe a community performance or, um, you know, this is as we talked in one of the episodes around before, you know, on uh, um, electronic manipulation when it comes to albums, that's a whole other bigger picture. But, uh, you know, I've seen groups that aren't really that great put out 
some decent sounding albums, but that are, mm-hmm. you know, and that adds again to their notoriety. But I'm like, but when they perform, they're not really up to par. So I, I really like this idea of the the um, rectangle thing. And I always love trying to dabble in each of them. But I, but I think that you're right in that. It makes sense. You can't, unless you're a professional group like Straight No Chaser, you can't have like uh, all four of those going, um, you know, the whole time. You can't. And and I think depending on what level of group you are in terms of a collegiate group, a high school group, a semi-pro, a pro group, whatever, you always have competing demands on your time. Yeah. So you never have the ability to do all of those things with as much alacrity as you would like. Yeah. So it's about, you know, prioritization. And, and that's why, you know, we sit down and we do more in-depth interviews with with groups. Yeah. One of the things that I like to ask them about is how do you prioritize? How do you figure out what's next? Because yeah. – it's you know time is your most precious commodity and so yeah. how you choose to spend it tells tells a lot about your group and what's important yeah yeah i think that makes a lot of sense and i i think all these uh, you know the stuff we do here when in, with interviewing groups i think it's always great to expose yourself to a wide variety of these kind of opinions on how these competitions are approached because i you know uh, i think it's really easy just like i probably had before this episode and had had for a long time that everyone wants to go to the icca's just to kick butt and win and right. it's which right. is I am I am certain that is a great feeling. Many do. Yeah. yeah, many do. And I'm certain that's a great feeling and a great experience, but it is uh I think it is also important to like you've said see the multi uh faceted benefits that come from doing competitions, even just getting ready for a competition. You're going to be a way better group than you were before just putting yourself through the ringer in a sense. Yeah, I, and one of the things that I think some groups overlook in the competition lead-up process, and and I know you've talked about this on other shows where you focused on ICCA and yeah. and and prep, you live with that set in depth for a long time. So, yeah. you know, you definitely get better overall, but you also sharpen those songs in particular very acutely before yeah. it's competition time. Yeah, and you know they were just talking about that in uh, one of my music education classes for choir. Like that's that is a great thing. You want to have those pieces around. When whether you're getting ready for competition or a concert, it is you can't. Well, my dad always said you you can make more of anything but time. So I think right. that's something really important when you're for any musical group when you're talking about rehearsing. And I think it is a really uh, great kind of uh, process to go through as a group. Just the prep. I think that I think there's so much to learn. So uh, you know it's important to view these the festivals, competitions, all as you know not just not just as competitions or not just things to win, but as things to aspire to. And as things to that put you uh, in a place where your group's going to grow a lot. So, yeah. well, and what I agree. And I, I, one of the things I know is we're starting to wrap up on our time this yeah. hour. I would put in a pitch for that we haven't talked a lot about is the competition and festival scene outside the United States, which yeah. is um, similar but a little bit different than it is here. And mm-hmm. in fact, the I would say the by far world's largest musical competition takes place outside the United States mm-hmm. uh, and is not not necessarily a cappella, but uh, is worth a mention. Uh, and that's Eurovision, of yeah. course, the Eurovision Song Contest, which draws more viewers on TV for its finals than the Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, I did not so, know that. It, yeah, it, it's not small. And <laughs> Uh, if you don't know about Eurovision in the audience, um, it's uh, every country essentially. So the, there's there are regionals and then there are the finals as well. The finals are a day or two long and they're televised on, you know, every in every country across Europe, as well as far flung around the country. It's broadcast in Australia and Canada and the U.S. And mm-hmm. uh, and every country has a group 
that represents them with a song that represents yeah. them. And uh, some of the groups, not all national anthems, because that would get no, <laughs> pretty boring. No, uh, they are. It is a contest of songs, so they are original <laughs> songs. Uh, and they, uh, although you know, like a pop rock version of the Star Spangled Banner would be interesting, but uh, the yeah. it would be terrifying. The uh, <laughs> groups that have gone on to compete and get into the finals. Uh, some of them are acapella groups and they have gone on to become multi-platinum recording artists in their countries because of the exposure that they get through Eurovision. So although Eurovision is accompanied largely, it often can spawn careers for Mm -hmm. some of the groups that are acapella groups. And it's also, I mean, it's campy fun. If you, (laughs) if you have not seen any of the Eurovision stuff, I heartily encourage you when it comes on later this spring, uh, to, to carve out a little time and watch the finals because they are hilarious. They are great. Boom. Sweet. I'm, I'm excited for that now. I'm definitely going to put that in my calendar. So Aaron, we're just, uh, almost out of time on this hour. We're going to take one more break. What are we going to be listening to right now? Let's listen to another collaborative track on the way out. This one's from the Clarkston Acapella Festival, featured largely high school groups and is an example of a smaller festival that draws mostly from its immediate region. They had Delilah as their headliners, and so you'll hear Delilah and the participants of the festival doing Shake It Off. I say I'm too late. Got nothing in my brain. And that's what people say. Won't 
you come on over, baby, we can shake, shake, shake. Yeah. Cause the player's gonna play, 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 play. And the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. Listening to community supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, where every instrument is portable. And we are back here on Tacapella. I'm John Lampus with guest Aaron Director. We've been talking all about festivals and competitions. Aaron, what are some of the uh, events that we regularly cover here at Acaville? It seems like you are always at one, like most of the time. So I just assume. There's just one big one going year-round, and you just keep checking back exactly. in Exactly. <laughs> it's just an acapella party bus. We just drive it around the country. Uh, well, we have – yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we try to partner with uh, other festival organizations. Uh, so obviously we partner with CASA uh, and uh, participate as much as we can with uh, SoJam, mm-hmm. uh, with Laugh in L.A., with Boss in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, are, are always good events. But we also try to partner with – some of the other organizations like um, WACA, for example, the Women's Acapella Association, oh, yeah, yeah. puts on She Sings. Uh, and in fact, as we record this in about four or five days, we'll be on getting on a plane and heading to oh, Oakland, cool. California uh, and broadcasting from there. Uh, there's a really cool festival in Fayetteville, Arkansas uh, mm-hmm. called Voice Jam, which – uh, Deke Sharon helped start with some of the folks at the Walton Arts Center there to bring in groups from around the world. Uh, and so oh, it's among cool. the most international festivals that we go to. They have a partnership with Vocal Asia. So they fly in a number of groups from Asia. They have groups coming in from Europe. They have groups from the region. And um, it, it's it's pretty neat. So that's coming up. Sounds that's, neat. That's at the end of March, uh, I believe, right at the like March 31st this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, of course, Sing Strong, uh, and there are a series of Sing Strong events. There's New York, there's D.C., uh, there's Chicago. They're pretty neat in that they also dedicate some uh, a bunch of those proceeds to nonprofit organizations and mm-hmm. to some specific um, uh, sort of healthcare relief organizations. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we participate and support those as much as we can. There are the smaller organizations uh, or festivals like Bend, for example, obviously we talked mm-hmm. about before. Um, I love going to, for example, um, uh, Kettering, uh, the Kettering National Acapella Festival, yeah. uh, the National Acapella Convention, which is in Memphis, uh, and is coming up in April. Our, our difficulty with this is that, you know, when we're in the height of the season, there is so much going on on a single weekend yeah. that we can't get to everything and we yeah. want to. And as we continue to grow and get more volunteers that we can send to these festivals, then we'll do more and more of that. But uh, we're doing we're doing as much as we can. <laughs> Boom. So I think that segues right into our ending in that uh, if you are interested in joining Acaville, we are always looking to expand. Um, 
it's gotten a decent amount bigger since I've come on, but we want to make it even bigger. There are so many fun things we want to do. We just need more people to do it. I had no uh, radio experience or anything. Not that I have uh, any now or any (laughs) skills now, Um, but it is really easy to jump into or looking, even if you just want to come on Talkapella for a guest episode, if you have an idea for a Talkapella episode you want me to talk about, uh, if you want to, but if you want to come join the Akaville team and see what we do, see all the fun we have, you get, uh, a pretty cool jacket that I wear all the time, and uh, that's not the only benefit. But um, it's a it's a great organization. We're always looking for more people to join. If you want to hit us up, you can find us on Facebook, obviously just Ockaville Ockaville Radio, and then on Twitter at Ockaville Radio. And Aaron, where are the other places you can find us? We're on the Instas as well on Instagram at Ockaville Radio Two, and of course you can always drop us a, an old fashioned email to onair at Ockaville dot com. Boom. So everyone, hit us up. We're looking for our people. You can come, go to competitions. It'll be a super fun time. That's pretty much all the time we have this week. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, John. I, I had a good time as always. Boom. All right, everybody. This has been another fun episode of Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus. We had Aaron Director on today. And for everything acapella, stay tuned.